Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more, on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll celebrate the birthdays of Emile Grimshaw and Sidney Easton, We'll do some nesting, hear all the rest of Bill Brown's records, and engage in some musical reduplication. Last week, October 7th, marked the birth in Accrington, England in 1880 of banjoist and composer Emil Grimshaw. His musical career began playing mandolin as a child, but he embarked on serious study of the banjo in 1892. He expanded his musical education to include theory and piano tuning, which led to his first published work in 1895, Military March for Solo Mandolin, and several dance tunes followed that same year. At age 20, he was teaching banjo, mandolin, and guitar, and formed the Burnley BM&G Orchestra, consisting of 50 players from the ranks of his students. In 1905, he began touring music halls with his wife in a banjo duet act called Emile and Edis, and in 1920 formed his own Ragpickers Band. In 1922 he began publishing the first of numerous banjo instruction books, and in 1928 formed the Emile Grimshaw Banjo Quartet, which performed live and on radio and recordings, and sometimes included his son, Emile Grimshaw Jr. The group even made a 16-minute short sound film. The following year, Grimshaw formed a ladies' banjo quartet called Emile Grimshaw's Banjo Girls. They played live and had one recording session in the Xenophone Studios in March of 1932, but all four sides were rejected. In 1933, Grimshaw formed his own music publishing company and began manufacturing highly prized banjos, guitars, and other instruments with his son. Emil Grimshaw died of heart disease on December 7, 1943, in London. He wrote a total of 71 tunes for banjo, including Lancashire Clogs, which I played in November of last year, Spick and Spanish, Vodka, Fooling the Fritz, and these. Thank you. 
golden dawn Who's that a-calling? I hear the music of a voice now gone Who's that calling so sweet? When dark is from their banjo soft and low Who's that a-calling? I hear an angel voice that I love so Who's that calling so sweet? Who's that a-calling? Who's that a-calling? Can it be someone I long to You've heard vocalist Sam Brown many times on the show before, singing with regular dance orchestras, but there he was with Emil Grimshaw's banjo quartet and a Swanee sing-song, a medley of O Susanna and Ring-Ringed Banjo, recorded in small Queen's Hall, London on February 28, 1930, issued on HMV B3377. Before that, banjoist Shirley Spaulding, accompanied by pianist John F. Burkhart on A Footlight Favorite. Shirley Spaulding was the first American woman to make a banjo record for Edison in 1921, and she and her brother Cliff were a popular banjo duo for several years until Shirley got married and stopped playing. We heard Take C from a September 15, 1922 session issued on Edison Diamond Disc 51052. We started off our tribute to Emil Grimshaw with one of his contemporaries, James Sharp, known professionally as Ollie Oakley, and Mr. Jolly Boy from a double-sided 12-inch Pathé Rooster record, number 30006, from sometime in 1917. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. On last week's show, I played Hot Lips by Bill Brown and his musical Brownies, and mentioned that Brown recorded three other sides. Yep, here they are. Thank you. 
time to introduce the zonkies. Started getting loose, get honky-tonky. That's a good excuse to let you feel and run wild. Ah, oh, shake it, beat it plenty, don't get haughty. Make it double 20, that means 40. Make a noisy entry, act just like a big child. Got such, well, you know what I want to say? Hot much, that temper sure is tight that way. I'll bet a dime against the donut. Other dancers, they may come and go, but when you learn the zonky boy, you want it to stay.
There you have the three remaining records from Bill Brown and his Brownies played in chronological order. We started with Bill Brown's Bill Brown Blues, the flip side of Hot Lips, on Brunswick 7003, from the group's first session, March 17, 1927. The group's second session took place on the day after Christmas, 1929, and produced both sides of Brunswick 7142. The vocalist on Zonky, written by Fats Waller and Andy Rizaf, was Ovi Alston. And we finished up with the musical question, What Kind of Rhythm Is That?, written by Sidney Easton. I'm a Kickstarter backer of a new board game called League of the Lexicon, a game about language. The folks behind the game have begun sending out what they're careful not to call a newsletter, but a dispatch of words about words. In the first dispatch, they gave some examples of pangrams. A pangram is a word or sentence containing every letter of the alphabet at least once. The best-known example in English is a quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Of course, other languages have pangrams, and there's a German pangram I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, but which translates as including German incorrectly rehearsing xylophone music bothers every tallish dwarf. (laughs) The League of the Lexicon Dispatch also contained a list of reduplicative words. Reduplicative words have rhyming compounds and near-symmetry, such as fiddle-faddle, pell-mell, and mishmash, which are just fun to say and hear. So, for this segment... Here are some musical examples of reduplication.
Let me tell you about an Indian man And how he yodeled his gal away Say, he played a wicked you could understand He was the hottest yodeler in the land Hokum, smokum, yodel, Indian man Hokum, smokum, yodel, Indian man Each night he would yodel While they paddled up and down Then he'd take his youth to his gal He'd scoot, scoot, scoot While the fireflies played peek-a-boo I love you, say, don't you love me too? She left her teepee and sailed across the sea with a hokum smokum yodel Indian man. On the other side, his squaw just clapped her hands in surprise. Wise old Yodler said, I'm going up in the alps and get myself a lot of whiskey scalps. Hokum, pokum, Yodel Indian man. Hokum, pokum, Yodel Indian man. Each night, like a cuckoo bird. In the sweet voice you heard Then he'd take his youth to his gal He'd scoot, scoot, scoot While the fireflies play peek-a-boo I love you, say, don't you love me too? She left her teepee And sailed across the sea With her hokum, smokum, yodel, Indian You've heard Hokum Smokum several times on the show over the years, but only on the Columbia issue with the title Hokum Smokum credited to the Record Boys, baritone Al Bernard, who wrote the lyrics, yodeler Frank Camplain, and composer Sam H. Stepp, accompanying them on piano. That version was made May 3, 1926, but less than a week before, on April 28th, Bernard and Camplain had recorded it for Edison. Even earlier, on March 19th, the trio, again with Stepped on Piano, recorded it for Brunswick. A couple of years later, on February 28, 1928, a different group of record boys recorded it yet again. This time, Frank Camplain was still yodeling, but Lester O'Keefe was the vocalist, sounding very much like Al Bernard, and they were accompanied by Lou Kobe, and that's the record we just heard. Brunswick 3857, printed with the full title, Hokum Smokum Yodelin' Indian Man on the label. I like that version, taken at a little faster pace than the Columbia, and fading off into the sunset at the end. Before the record boys, Borby's Jazz Orchestra, J-A-S-S, with Paddle Addle, written by Ted Snyder. Columbia A2363 was made August 16, 1917. If you tune in to the October 23rd show, you'll hear three more sides by Borby's Jazz Orchestra. We begin that reduplicative set with the Virginians, according to the label of Victor 19241, 
directed by Ross Gorman, but according to the Victor Ledgers by Edward T. King, with Hurdy Gurdy Blues, composed by Gene Scott. Not that one, the other one. That's take four of four from a session on New Year's Eve, 1923. Now, that wasn't a hurdy-gurdy in that recording, but an accordion played by Mario Perry. You may associate the name hurdy-gurdy with a hand-cranked street instrument, such as a barrel organ, but a hurdy-gurdy is actually a pear-shaped fiddle with strings that are sounded not by a bow, but by the rosined rim of a wooden wheel turned by a handle at the end of the instrument. Notes are made by stopping melody strings with wooden keys pressed by the left-hand fingers. Hurdy-gurdies date back to the 10th century when they were a church instrument. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. A couple of weeks ago, I played a record by Jerry White to try to make up for leaving his name out of a credit. One of the other records I could have played is this one to start off a set about nests. Thank you. 
I do believe this is the first time we've ever featured a bagpipe record on the show. I'm not an expert on bagpipes, so that's either very good bagpipe playing or very bad, but I'm guessing the former. Who knew bagpipes could be so melodic? That was Sean O'Nolan with a couple of reels, the Cuckoo's Nest and the Taylor's Thimble on Columbia F33081, made in November of 1925. Both are traditional Irish tunes, and I believe the tailor's thimble in this case refers not to a finger guard used when sewing, but to small clay smoking pipes called doudines, omnipresent in 18th and 19th century Ireland. Sean O'Nolan was not just a bagpiper, but a storyteller and entertainer who made lots of records. You'll hear several of them on the April 23rd show when he gets his own birthday segment. Before Sean O'Nolan, the Keller Sisters and Lynch with Charlie Strait's Orchestra and Nesting Time, written by James Monaco and Mort Dixon. That's from Brunswick 3516. There were at least eight recordings of Nesting Time made in March of 1927, including one by Clyde Dewar made for Edison on the same day as this one, March 31st. We started off with Jerry White, backed by the Carlson Dance Orchestra, and gee, it's great to build a nest, on Madison, a Grey Gull label, number 50025, from March of 1930. Gee, it's great to build a nest is also known as Rest Nest, and was written by Judd Klein, who recorded it with that title. Earlier in the show, you heard What Kind of Rhythm Is That?, written by Sidney Easton. This segment was originally going to be a vocabulary lesson, but I found out while putting this show together that last week, October 2nd, marked the birth in 1886 in Savannah, Georgia, of Sidney Easton. So he's getting his first birthday segment. Sidney Easton was an African-American actor, playwright, composer, vocalist, and pianist, and the eldest of six children born to William Easton and his wife Eva. William either died or left while Sidney was a child, since in the 1900 census, Eva is listed as the head of the household and young Sidney working in various capacities at the Savannah Theater. At 16, he started out on the road and worked as a performer in minstrel shows and on the Mutual, Columbia, TOBA, and other vaudeville circuits. In 1913, Easton married Sarah Dooley, a fellow performer, and his 1917 draft registration card shows him working as an actor in the Lincoln Theater, Cincinnati, Ohio. In the mid-1920s, he collaborated with Ethel Waters and recorded vocal duets with Martha Copeland, who, along with Burt Howard, was a member of the Easton Trio. Easton is featured in five films released between 1935 and 1948, including Paradise in Harlem and Murder on Lexington Avenue. Sidney Easton died Christmas Eve, 1971, and is buried at Long Island National Cemetery in East Farmingdale, New York. Songs in the Easton catalog include Talk About Something That's Gwine to Happen, When a Gator Holler, Folks Say It's a Sign of Rain, and these. Thank you. 
husband almost caught me dead to right. But I got out in an old sugar barrel with nigh, and soon I was out of sight. He bust in the door with a gun in his hand, close in the barrel. I was saved, yeah, sir. There was Bill, her other boy, come busting in the door, and he gazed right in the husband's face. He says, Bill, I've got you strapped at last. But no, Bill couldn't think too fast. Lady says he, will you loan to me that little old sugar barrel, if you please? The sight of that gun, no chance to run, made him pick it up and walk with ease. He carried this bell about 10 miles to the end of the streetcar line. Then he set it down and said, Bell, you have saved my life. I raised them. Say, Thank you, Bill. You saved mine. was luck had come my way out on a circus ground the other day. A man give me a job playing the part of a lion. That part I sure could play. Yes, sir. They pushed another lion cage right up close to mine. Close with me, that part was all right. Till one of them spielers come walking up there and holler this way, folks, these lions want to fight. He said, gather in close, this is all free. To my great surprise, he turned that lining on me. Friends, you should have seen. Me and that lion dodging from side to side. Oh, I'll stand up there like a flipper. Get the shiver. Almost lost my nerve and my pride. That line was carrying me around in that cage so fast, I didn't know just what to do. So I beat him in the head, and he rose up and said, Go easy, I'm colored like you. Thank <laughs> you. 
that, folks, is how you end a show. Fess Williams and his Royal Flush Orchestra with Fess Williams doing double duty, directing, and playing clarinet on Sidney Easton's All for Grits and Gravy. Recorded July 10, 1930 in Victor's 24th Street Studio in New York. Issued as catalog number 23025. Before Fess Williams was George McLennan's jazz band with George McLennan recounting a narrow escape in a sugar barrel on September 29, 1926, from OK 8406. George McLennan was born around 1890 in Charlotte, North Carolina. His parents either died or abandoned him at an early age, and if he sounds a bit like Burt Williams in that recitation, it's because he was adopted by... Bert Williams. Well, what do you know about that? We started our little tribute to Sidney Easton with his tune, Tanglefoot, co-written with Fats Waller. I last played it all the way back in 2006, so it's long past due for another listen. Fats was at the console of the pipe organ in the former Trinity Church in Camden, New Jersey on August 29, 1929, but that recording was apparently unissued. <laughs> I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶